1: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
0: My name is Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to talk about or we're going to tackle topics like <laughs> wanting what we can't have, reconnecting with abusers, being the mayor of Giving Town, and breaking up with friends. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing.
1: No, we don't know what we're talking about. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. No. This is just the advice that we give. Absolutely. It's just an opinion, really. And opinions can definitely be wrong.
0: Oh, they definitely can. I love it when people write into us and they're like, hey, I didn't follow your advice, but things are going great anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I did the opposite of what you said and now we're married. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? God bless. That's right. Um. Anyway, this is all to say, we are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understandings and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. That's right. Welcome to episode 32, 32. Sam. Here we are. 32. I'm 32.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. I have made <laughs> it this far. And so have you, dear listener. <laughs> 32. Uh, you're going to be 32 in seven Two. years.
0: Two years. <laughs> I know yeah. you like to pretend I'm only 21, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I like to pretend you're 17. Um, okay, so the check-in topic for today mm-hmm. is inspired by one of our Instagram uh, followers. They wrote into us and requested that we talk about something in their tag, their tagline, their the
0: tagline, yeah, no. their
1: username. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, e Morris 96. E Morris. Yeah.
1: Okay, so E Morris wants. To to know how Sam and Sierra feel about rebounds.
0: Yes, rebounds.
1: Let's define a rebound for the listeners at home who are very sports-oriented.
0: A rebound (laughs) is a basketball shot that doesn't go in the hoop, and then someone else catches it.
1: Yeah, and now, so... uh,
0: (laughs) Spencer, our registered straight man, is, (laughs) is, like, nodding his head affectionately at me.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So let's transfer that metaphor into it into a dating thing a rebound is when like somebody shoots their basketball at your crotch
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm so confused about how you're going to pull this all together
1: i'm not um so uh rebound is so the the parameters of what we're saying a rebound is is that a a rebound is somebody that you date or just like mess around with after a relationship Mm -hmm. after a breakup I'm asking you: Is it is it exclusively dating? Is it exclusively sleeping with somebody, or making out, like- or entertaining? <laughs> I've entertained many. <laughs> oh,
0: have you in your home?
1: In, no, always.
0: Oh. I mean, you are an entertainer. I mean, that is your.
1: That's part of your profession. <laughs> that's what you're going to call me an entertainer. <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad I'm respected. <laughs> You're like I'm a communicate advocate and a programs manager, and this is my co-host, an entertainer. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're we're saying all of the above. Oops.
0: Yeah, all of those things, and yeah. So I feel like rebounds um, are honestly not great. Really? Yeah. I think because it like is a it is a it can often be like an expression of. Something that we haven't, like, worked through, haven't done the head and heart work on.
1: Oh, my God. You're so right.
0: Right? Like, it's, a it's something like, right? You're like, you broke up with this person and now you just want validation from someone else. Right. Um, which I think is, like, a totally normal thing to want. Uh, but it can also, like, lead to unhealthy decisions. Right.
1: I think that I halfway agree with you. I, mm-hmm. I think rebounds are fine. Yeah. But they have to be, you have to be aware of what is going on and what is being exchanged. Yep. Meaning the, to use your analogy of like, or I think I said it, distraction. Yeah. Um, there is a difference between distracting yourself from pain or or like treating yourself to something fun, like a distraction. Oh, I'm going to go to the movies. It's a distraction. I'm going to make out with this boy. It's a distraction. Yep. There's a difference from that and filling a void, filling an emptiness, sure. having a wound that you're not acknowledging, and you're just covering it up with more. Right. I don't know cotton candy or something. That right. isn't eff- how you get an infection, my friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: You treat your wound with cotton candy.
0: Please don't do that. No. We're not. We're not advocating. Not for that. medical
1: professionals either here, folks. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. I mean, I I can get that too. I also like my issue also with rebounds is that they like have a a label which like I'm not super into which then is like you get out of a relationship and then you start dating someone and you're like oh my god this is just a rebound though yeah, when it's like it us. might not be a rebound it could be something that is actually like meaningful right but you're dismissing it because like of this prescribed notion of how people get out of relationships. so you're
1: saying you're not anti-rebound you're anti the idea of rebound yeah like I think a couple episodes ago we talked about is there a too soon to moving on and we were both like no Right. There isn't as long as you've processed your shit.
0: Yeah. So if you want to, if you're like processing through stuff and you're like, all I really want to do is to have some one night stands with people, like, fine. Like, that's great. But are you doing that in a place that's like, this is sort of what I feel like I need right now? Or are you doing that in a place of like,
1: I'm self-destructing
0: and I'm doing things I don't want to do. And if I don't have the
1: affirmation of other people, I'm worthless.
0: Right. Like, that's where I get into like, well... Yeah. Are we? How are we letting our own hurt play out on others too?
1: Well, let me do another spin, like a more positive spin on rebounds, because I feel like we went for the jugular really fast. <laughs>
0: that's, what, that's what we do. <laughs>
1: we went for the child of trauma like immediately. Um, on the other hand, when I have been broken up with or went through a breakup or something terrible happened, my favorite thing is to go out for drinks with you. Mm-hmm. And go out dancing and maybe flirt with people. Yeah. And, or like maybe pursue this distraction. This, right. this, I'm going to, I am going to use the in- interaction with this person to distract me from the pain and to remind me more than anything. It's like less of a distraction and more of a reminder that I'm the shit and yeah. that I am cute and sexy and deserving of somebody's um, love and affection. Um, but that always to me has to be coupled with healthiness of your heart yep. because the real tea is on those nights that you and I would get drunk or have a couple of drinks and go out dancing or whatever and I would flirt with somebody I would go home and feel lonely yeah because <laughs> I would I would pro- most likely all the time go home alone because I I'm not I don't do well with one night stands that's just not my preference yeah I would go home and be like, "Oh God, I was filling, I was filling a void." Yep. And now I'm alone again. Right. So it's kind of like, I don't think I'm anti-rebounds. I'm just like, proceed with caution. Mm-hmm. I'm not anti-rebound. I'm pro self-reflection. Yes. I'm pro head and heart work.
0: Agreed. And that the question also asks, like, do you think rebounds are necessary? To which I say, No, no,
1: absolutely not.
0: And so let's dispel with that myth right now. Uh, rebounds don't have to be something you don't have to have a rebound before you can have another relationship.
1: Right. And and w- even if you do, even if like my girlfriend was like, oh my God, Sierra, you need a rebound. Let's, let's go. And there's somebody, maybe I'm flirting with the bartender or I'm texting with somebody or, or whatever. I also don't have to feel obligated to make something happen with them. Right. Like I think something that's challenging for me with rebounds is that I they always take up too much space in my life. Mm-hmm. When really they should just it should be what it, whether it takes the form of a person or a movie or a drink with your best friends or a bubble bath or whatever. Think about rebounds as how am I gonna build myself back up. Right. And let's let's like dethrone the idea of someone else's affection being the only way that I can rebound from a relationship. Yep. Yeah. Anything. I love that. Yeah, cool. So that's how we feel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, e Morris ninety six.
1: Yes. Um, we love when you guys send us topics that you want us to cover um in our check-ins. It gives us uh, feels like we're interacting with you guys and it gives us a little bit of direction to go with all of our episodes in addition to your wonderful letters. Um all right, Sam, you want to kick off our first letter of episode
0: thirty two? I do., uh, so this letter is coming from Kelly, just a friend.
1: Kelly, just a friend.
0: That's right. Who is writing from the closet.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to laugh at that. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not a fun place to be.
1: But I do love when you all get creative about where you're writing from.
0: Absolutely. Hello. So <laughs> I,
1: I'm sorry. But I love what... I'm Sorry, I was drinking a glass of water and then I interrupted you. <laughs> uh, I love when it's like, hi, my name is Jessica. I'm writing from the pits of despair. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, Sierra loves a flair or has a flair for the dramatic, so... um, Yeah,
1: and our listeners do, too. Thank (laughs) you very much. that is absolutely
0: true. Okay, Kelly writes, Hello, so I have this friend named Marissa. In undergrad, which we just graduated from, we were the same majors, same jobs, same hobbies, the same clubs, same everything. We were both English majors, so we called each other English wives. We even drunkenly uh, bought matching rings with our initials on it, and later we got the same tattoo on our thighs. Now, I am also in a relationship. I just got married to my partner, Jordan. He's great and amazing and the most supportive person, and I have never once questioned, except how you do at the beginning of a relationship, wanting to be with him. I love him so much, and I'm so happy. But during the last semester of my senior year, I had my sexual awakening. Hmm. I had met my now very best friend, Corbin, and he showed me that it was okay to be bisexual, though now months later, I identify more as queer. And it really opened up a new part of me, a whole part of me that was definitely attracted to my friend Marissa. We would go out to bars, as you do, and the more I would get tipsy, the more my inner thoughts of wanting to kiss her and Loki wanting to be with her would come out. And on top of that, I was out—I was only out to Corbin. So one night, I accidentally, it accidentally slipped out that I wanted to kiss her when I was drunk. And like it was really dramatic, but we ended up having a four-hour text conversation where we both admitted our feelings for each other and came out as bi. By the end of it, I was basically like, I like you a lot, but I love Jordan more. It was pretty sad. Anyway, that was May, and now it's December. Since then, we've graduated. She read a poem at my wedding. We've had two big fights, and I'm still attracted to her physically in what I feel like is a problematic way. I want to be friends with her, but I don't really know how. Like, every time we talk, I have this kind of guard up with her because I think maybe I really don't want to catch feels, especially since, oh my god, I love my partner. But, like, how does one navigate a friendship after you've admitted you've caught feels? Mm. So far, I have taken off our ring, which she still wears. And what makes this harder is that she lives two hours away and is in grad school. And I don't think she's doing that well with starting a friendship like ours was. Or that's how it sounds. Now, it feels like all of our conversations have an almost sour tone because it's been tainted by the love that will never be. In our hearts of hearts, I know it would never work out even if I wasn't married, but it's still hard. We have very different personalities, and honestly, I feel like she has a tendency to mom me. On top of that, I'm still in the closet about this queer identity, so I don't know who to talk to who isn't going to make me feel more shame about still having low-key feelings. Help. Should I continue to work through this friendship or let it fade away?
1: Thank you so much for writing. Um, congratulations on finishing school and getting married. That's right. Um, yeah, let's just dive into this. Mm -hmm. I think this is a, what sounds on the surface like a pretty complicated situation. Absolutely. But we're just dealing with a couple intersecting points. We are dealing with monogamy, Mm -hmm. right? And the confines of monogamy. Yep. We're dealing with, um, maybe some internalized homophobia, or or like the lack of legitimacy of an of a non-heteronormative identity. Yep. And we're dealing with uh complicated friendships and intimacies, like alternative intimacies. Absolutely. And how hard it is to carry that intimacy out into the open of the world where the the world doesn't like the nuance of the human heart.
0: Absolutely. And it's like bonkers to have a really big crush on your friend. <laughs> Tell me
1: more. <laughs> I agree, but tell me more. No. <laughs> That's the whole point of this podcast, Sam.
0: No, I feel like we should go through your list of, of things and tackle each one of them separately.
1: Okay. All right. Let's talk about um monogamy. Yeah. Uh, let's take gender out of the whole spectrum for a second or sure. the conversation for a second and say to our wonderful listener that it's okay to have feelings for a friend it's okay Mm -hmm. to feel desirous of someone who is not your partner yep that is natural but you made a commitment that's right and you made a point to write to us and say i really love my partner Mm -hmm. i i know i'm meant to be with him yep so it sounds like you're struggling with the fact that these feelings all exist at once um And that's okay. Sam and I are here to tell you that's okay to acknowledge all of these parts of you, but to remind you lovingly that you made a commitment to your husband Mm -hmm. and being um, in a heterosexual relationship doesn't take away your queerness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't make it invalid, but it does sound like this person lives in a, in a place in your heart that's um, a little tenuous and strained and, and maybe that's not, like, the healthiest relationship to try to maintain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If this
1: If this woman was a guy that you had a crush on and maybe had, like, some intense moments with, would it be as hard to, like, cut that person out of your life? Would it be a little bit more clear cut? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's true because I think that some of the—some um some of what's getting tied up in this also is, like, your understanding of your queerness, too, yeah. right? And, like— this is the first crush that you've had on a girl or first
1: acknowledged crush. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, And it's like this opportunity that has never before presented itself too, right. Like this opportunity to actually make something happen and sort of, uh, you know, act upon that queerness. Right. right? But I'm here to tell you that like, that doesn't change the, commitment that you've made to your husband right um and it's it's totally acceptable for you to have a conversation with him about redefining the commitment um because you need to ask her what you need right right but at this juncture right like you haven't had that conversation you you're not out to your husband at this point um and so there's i think that there's a lot more foundational conversations that need to happen before any conversation about exploration can also happen
1: totally and this is just... I think we chose this letter because they're, it's simultaneously complicated and simple at the same time. Yep. Um, it's okay to feel a great intimacy with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel attraction to your friends. Absolutely. Um, It's okay to feel like a desire to... Like a strong, almost romantic desire to be close to someone mm-hmm. that you're friends with. But... Everything you describe to us tells me that this relationship weighs heavy on you. Yeah. That this this relationship actually complicates the already good things in your life. Mm. And I, I'm not saying like just break up with this friend, but I am I am asking you like, what is keeping you putting all of this emotional energy into this relationship? Mm-hmm. It is. Maybe this is a good time to remind you that it's it is okay to to grow away from people. Yep. It is okay to put up boundaries to um to say I don't we were close once but we're not going to be that close anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I feel weird because I'm not anti this relationship. I'm not anti this girl. Um, But it it does sound like it's complicated and confusing to you and and at times painful. And that means something needs to change. That discomfort is telling you that you have an opportunity to do something differently.
0: Absolutely. You're right. And it's, you know, relationships are all, all relationships are are complicated, right? And so you can have friends in your life that you want to hang out with, that you're attracted to, whatever, but when that gets in the way of your the relationship that you want to prioritize, right, like yes. that's when things get tricky. Right. I, think so, it's,
1: I think that's a great, great word that I just want to highlight is that like all of these things can exist, but what do you want to prioritize? Yep. And I think you want to prioritize the partnership that you've committed to with your husband.
0: Absolutely. So if you are, um, if you are able to continue to hang out with Marissa um, in a way that, that doesn't jeopardize your relationship with your husband, then I say go for it. But if it's making it impossible for you to give yourself fully to the relationship that you want to give yourself to, right. then that's where it becomes an issue. And that's where it's like, maybe Marissa's not the person that you can keep in your life because right. the, the relationship as it exists right now seems like there's too many complicating factors that get in the way of what you want to be doing.
1: Yeah. You even said that I feel like I can't be as honest or open with her because it feels like I'm crossing the line or or, mm-hmm. or it feels like I can't let myself be as relaxed around her as I used to. And, th- and that doesn't sound like a beneficial friendship yep. unless you have the ability or like the emotional um, energy to say to have a sit down conversation with her and be like, hey, uh, we can't interact this way anymore. I'd love to maintain our friendship and cultivate our friendship in a different way. Yeah. But if you. If that's not a conversation that you can have to move your relationship towards a healthier, more sustainable place, then it then it it might not be something that you can fix. Not everything gets fixed either. Yeah. Like they're not there might not be a resolution to this. Right. Um she just might be somebody that you think of fondly but with some confusion. Right. I, I have those people. Yeah. I also want to say I, I wanna like um, empathize with you a little and say it's hard for me to be attracted to my friends, <laughs> <laughs> or like it's it can be.
0: It's just confusing. That's
1: what I want to say is that a a more unhealthy version of me, like years ago, it w- It's confusing. It would com- it would confuse me, especially because I've struggled at, at many different times in my life, um, of defining myself by other people's desires for me. Absolutely, and. When, like my friends are babes, which they all are. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and they and we can't express that in a way that my insecure self wanted. Not calling you insecure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It it used to be hard for me. It would it, it used to be weird for me.
0: I I totally agree with that. And it's like
1: I've gotten way is, better at it.
0: Yeah. No. It's but it's, it's completely possible. But it's completely possible to be attracted to your friends and like. Like, to think about sex with them, right? To think about (laughs) intimacy with them.
1: Tell me more. But then the
0: question is, like, is that getting in the way of your intimacy with your husband? Right. Or is it just, like, something that's fun to think about, but, like, is never going to be something that you act on? Totally. Right? And so um, I think that what is at issue here is that I don't know that you feel comfortable, Kelly, with maintaining this relationship with Marissa and keeping that sort of boundary up.
1: Totally. Totally, and we're not trying to shame you for any of this. It's just from your your what permeates from your letter is like confusion and a desire to 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 not have this tension anymore. Yep. And and one way that you can do it is establishing more boundaries within yourself and others. Yep. Um, and it's okay that you guys were close, mm-hmm. and you might not be forever. It's it's okay to to honor the time that you had, and and to move on and cultivate other closeness in your life. Absolutely. This is obviously a pretty confusing thing, but we hope that this sheds a small amount of light upon this situation and that you feel less alone. Kelly, we really appreciate you writing. We really do. We love you. in the house.
0: Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to break justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 day returns. just justbreakup.
1: Up next, we have a letter from Christina Johnson who is writing to us from Ypsilanti, Michigan.
0: Ooh. That's where my friend Aaron lives.
1: Hi, Aaron. (laughs) Christina writes Hi, guys. This is something I already know the answer to, by which I mean I already know what my therapist would say, what my best friend would say, what anyone else in the world would probably say, and certainly what I would tell my loved ones. But I still want to ask it for a few reasons. One, with my rational mind aside, this is a sincere question that I feel. Hmm. Second, it's an important topic because I'm certain other people have felt this. Lastly, I can always benefit from another person having this comfort with me. <laughs> well, you've convinced me, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I started dating Nick when I first got out of undergrad. We had a great start to our relationship with some minor, normalish hiccups, but certainly not a relationship I would consider unhealthy. Eventually, Nick started misusing his medication. Shortly afterwards, he was kicked out of school with only two months until graduation and lost a job, sending him into a pretty bad place. I happen to be a mental health professional and have quite a bit of experience in working with individuals with co-occurring mental health and substance use disorders, which Nick does. This is not to say I have ever wanted to be his therapist rather than I just understand A lot about what he was going through from being his partner, personal experience with family members, my own experience with mental health challenges. If there is a God, let her know. I thank her for Lexapro. And (laughs) from an educational standpoint, the long story short is that the relationship became very abusive physically and emotionally. It became my norm to have him waiting outside of my home, not letting me leave my home, following me to the car, Etc. It has been quite some time since these things happened, but my question is, is it still possible to have a healthy relationship with someone who is at one point your abuser? We are still in contact, and sometimes it feels like it could be good again. Love you guys. XOXO. Christina, uh, you're right. I do think a lot of people have thought this way, and I think this is a great question to bring to the podcast. Thank you for writing. Absolutely. So, I first want to say that abusers and abuse can come in many, many, many different forms. Mm -hmm. And that fact is really confusing for our brains. Mm -hmm. We want abusers to look one way or another. We want it to feel one way or another. We want to feel a certain way about our abusers. And it is never textbook. It is never something that... Is all good or all bad. Yep. Um, Yeah.
0: And human. I mean, abusers are human beings as well. So they come with their own complicated histories, their own complicated issues. um, And they and it can be sometimes we can feel empathy for them
1: in a way that we beyond empathy. We can (laughs) love them. We can love them. We can believe in them and we can wish them the best. Like we can we can hope for a brighter future with them. We Absolutely. can believe in them. I can I have literally had people who were abusive to me and I believe in their betterment.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think yeah, I mean we abuse often is not just a manifestation of like a terrible psychopath person executing their horrible will on people, right? It is also a um a product of mental illness, past abuse. Uh You know, drug abuse, like there are a bunch of things that may come together to create an abuser and we can understand that and want sympathy and empathy and help for that. Right. But not at the expense of our own health, safety and happiness.
1: So the question, is it possible to have a healthy relationship with someone who is at one point your abuser?
0: I'm going to say no.
1: That's fine. (laughs) Talk me I think through that
0: it. There might be exceptions that prove that rule, but I think for the majority of folks,
1: exception the beast from Beauty <laughs> and the Beast.
0: No, oh my god, <laughs> that movie teaches us horrible things.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> that if we just love them enough, it will turn them into an actual human. Well, I don't being. <laughs> think
1: I. I totally agree, and I think that's. I think. I think I am more on your side than I am not, but mm-hmm. I do think that Christina is pre- presenting a pretty Christina has all the tools already yeah. to understand that she, it cannot come at her own self sacrifice. It cannot come, she cannot love this person well again. I'm hoping, Christina, you cannot love this person well again. <laughs> I,
0: think, I think we need to actually say <laughs> Yeah, yeah that. I'm
1: telling that to you, Christina. Um uh but I but I think what i'm what I'm gleaning from this letter is that it's 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 not just like, oh my god, this this person was so hurtful, but I love them still so much. It's actually about the idea of redemption mm-hmm. and and how people physically and emotionally carry trauma. and can we wh- where does trust come from? You know,
0: yeah, but what I got from Christina's letter <laughs> is that Christina wants to is a very helping person.
1: Yes, I agree. That has a
0: lot of that, you know, as a mental health practitioner, right? I'm sure that it's like you see people going through mental health issues and you want to help them. Right. Um and my advice to you, Christina, is to use that sort of empathy and understanding of what he's going through as a way for you to understand that and heal yourself.
1: Yeah, I agree. Right.
0: And my concern is that you want to reach out to him to help fix him. Right. And to help because you can understand all of the myriad ways in which he's hurting, but at the end of the day, you're not the one that can help him, right? He has hurt you too much to be able to help him through those issues. Right. And in fact, often when we try and help the people who have hurt us, we en- enable them into hurting us more.
1: I agree. I, I think I'm feeling some resistance to what you're saying, but it it is my, de- what is resisting it is, um... My stubborn, mulish belief that uh, people just need help. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He does need help.
0: And I'm totally in agreement that Nick needs help in this situation. He's clearly going through a bunch of shit. I just don't think that Christina is the one who can give him that help.
1: I agree. Let me (laughs) let me phrase it this way. Christina, what makes you go back to this love instead of going find... And finding healthier, better love. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I am maybe getting stuck on is that I'm thinking about myself and thinking about all the times that I have returned to abusers yep. um, or a lot, or justified it or because I saw the good in them. Mm-hmm. I, and And for people out there who have experienced abuse, we are so well versed in finding the good.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: I mean, that's like my second language is finding the potential of people. Absolutely. And Christina, what I want to say to you and myself at different stages of my life is why this, why are you settling for this? Mm -hmm. There are people out there who won't make you hurt or work so hard for love. Right, And so I don't want, I don't want to like fully say just like you said at the beginning, I'm sure that there are people out there that can prove us wrong that, you know, you can be an abuser turned non-abuser turned healthy, sustainable, good, true love. But I don't, I care less about them and I care more about the people they hurt. Yep. And Christina, I think that's what this pulls out of me is that, yes, you can find love there, but you can find love anywhere because you are made of love. You are mm-hmm. made to love yep. and you were made to be treated well. Um, and And that's what. That's that's kind of where I'm feeling right now.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I got in my feelings for a second. Yeah, well, no. just like that, I I felt myself clinging to that person, and I don't even know this person. What the fuck? I know. Is wrong I'm with, with you.
0: Do you remember that time that I lived with my ex for two years? I know. I like, know. I know. I have, I have been in that same spot of being like, I see the good, and I'm the only one that sees it, right. and I'm the only one that can help him like figure out how to not be an asshole.
1: <laughs> I think. I think I want to say this, too, before we close, is that we, our hearts really, really want things to be good. Mm -hmm. And to be good, we think they have to be righted and present. Yep. But, Christina, there is a world in which both of you, you and your ex, still love and respect each other, heal and grow through this, but you don't have to do it together. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And But... And also, why are you still talking to him? <laughs> All right. Now yeah. I'm back to my senses now. I'm like, yeah. I am like snapped out of it. I'm like, wait a minute. This man physically hurt you, followed you to your car, controlled your life. Yep. Your life exists beyond his suffering. It does. And it is not your responsibility to see him through this.
0: Mm-hmm. He can it's do it, girlfriend. Not. Like
1: he can get through this by himself.
0: No, he can. And if you continue to help him not get through it without you, he's just not going to get through it without you
1: right totally. right
0: so so there have to be some clear and present boundaries between you and him
1: and boundary number one is you just stop talking to him stop talking just to him. kidding
0: <laughs> no i'm 100 percent with you just like cut him off and then use all of the wonderful like use all of the wonderful head and heart work that you've already done to empathize with him to humanize him to to work through the pain that he's caused you to support yourself yeah. and to to Bring that to someone else who is more deserving of it.
1: I'll say one thing, Christina. Towards the other side of this argument, sure, I think you guys could get together in ten years, mm. and I'm not kidding. I'm saying you go out, you go out and live your life, and you two go out and you hurt and be hurt by other people a couple more times mm-hmm. to, until you figure your shit out, and then you are both ready and you both have the full tools in your rec- in your in your tool belt to deal with what you went through then. Yeah. You need a you need I I am of the school of thought of like that you need a break, you need a clean break yep. to be able to rebuild.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Okay, small rant over. Christina, I hope that helps. We love you. We believe in you and we believe in the happiness that is out there for you. The good true love that is waiting out there that won't make you work so hard.
0: We do. Yep.
1: We love you. Thanks for writing.
0: Thank you. All right, our next letter comes from Sarah H., who is writing from Nashville.
1: Before you read this, I yeah. need to say that, Sarah, this is one of the funniest fucking letters we've <laughs> ever gotten. And, and and we're cutting, y'all, we're cutting this letter in half. But <laughs> Sam is still going to read the first half, which is really long. But it's worth it because it's so funny. It is. So uh, thanks, Sarah.
0: Okay, uh, Sarah, pronouns she, her. Uh, Heller, Sierra, and Sam. (laughs) I know you hear this all the time, but thanks so much for starting this podcast and keeping it going week after week. And thanks to you, too, Spencer. As the (laughs) self-proclaimed mother.
1: (laughs) You gotta hang loose.
0: Hang loose. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hand signal. But it was sweet of her to thank you.
0: As the self-proclaimed mother hen of my group of gals, local and cross-country, I'm weaving cons- or I'm consistently weaving your wise breadcrumbs into my conversations with them about love, relationships, and dumpster fires. <laughs> I'm far from an expert on any of those three, except dump- dumpster fires, apparently. Does that make me an arsonist or a garbage woman? Or both? <laughs> Here's the gist of my love life. I'm a 30-year-old recovering perfectionist of a divorcee. I spent most of my life subconsciously checking boxes. Meet guy, date guy, marry guy, get job, get better job, get even better job, yada yada yada. Except, cut to a little too under a little under two years ago when I decided to kick up a Category Five hurricane of dust and divorced my husband due to different paths, some emotional abuse, a significant amount of time, of mooching on his part, and moved away from my hotel for the first time to pursue the career and life I'd long kept on the shelf. Cut to now, I've become fir- firmly steeped in the delightful world of dating. <laughs> Had a first one-night stands. My ex and I were together for over 10 years, so yeehaw. <laughs> I have ticked some additional notches into my bedpost. And I have learned that I have something my therapist lovingly refers to as a rescue complex. <laughs> Most of my dating life has been a shrug fest so far. Think a stomach full of moths rather than butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm really a sucker. This is all one
1: run-on <laughs> sentence, too, y'all. Like that's what was making me cackle when I first read it.
0: There's there's some punctuation.
1: No, no, in I here. know. No, Sarah, it's a really well written letter, but it's like, great. it's okay. Continue.
0: Um, but I'm a sucker for the extra charming, sneak attack, hot messes. Apparently, are you a brooding artist, a dude with baggage from a shitty home life, an emotionally unavailable kitchen sponge of a human, sucking up everything <laughs> you can but forgetting to give anything back? perfect take a number boys mama's got time for y'all help me help you have a sandwich here are tickets to the concert you mentioned a month ago in passing you don't have to take me with you take your best friend he'll love it i saw this book and thought of you i wrote something inside just there it's gonna make you cry you see where i'm going i love taking care of people not just men i will never stop the doting and tutting I keep it to a non-annoying scale most of the time, promise, but I have yet to learn how to accept this kind of behavior from others, especially men. Maybe that's because reciproca- reciprocated words of affirmation and acts of service, hashtag love languages, am I right? Yep. Will usually ring hollow after a while, or I assume they will because they have so far. We accept the love we think we deserve has been ringing in my ears since I read The Perks of Being a Wallflower in high school, mm-hmm. and I know I deserve good love, gross love, deep love, loopy love. Hell, the latest guy who put me on the months-long roller coaster of dating Doom drunkenly, but not that drunkenly, told me I deserved so much and that he loved me and was sorry for denying it for so long, told me he wanted, to be, wanted me to be the mother of his children, and then played the, huh, I said what, card when I asked if we could discuss it a few days later. I said that it was okay if he didn't mean it, but that was a big old matzo ball to hang out there and then ignore. We didn't discuss it. He became a brick wall. So... I know y'all have not focused on accepting love, etc. when responding to messages before, but do you have any extra advice for us mayors of GivingTown, USA? That's not me bragging and not me saying that I don't show myself the same acts of love. Some days are better than others, but I try. But how can folks who love so hard get a similar amount of love back, the kind we deserve? It doesn't have to be a 4th of July fireworks display, but a spark back every now and then would be nice, right? Bueller?
1: Thank you, Sarah, for writing. I love this letter. Me too. It's so funny.
0: That's great. I feel like we both see parts of ourselves in this.
1: Yeah, totally. I wrote that letter. It's me. Sarah is Sierra.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if you wrote a letter into the podcast and then, like, forced us to answer
1: it? Yeah, that would be real narcissistic of me. (laughs) You live across the street from me. We do host a podcast together and we're we see each other like every other day. I
0: know but like what if you want to didn't want to like tell me that, something in your life yeah, I was so like, you like wrote it I in was a podcast like podcast letter. My
1: name is Sarah <laughs> and I host a podcast with a guy named Som. <laughs> Som is a pissy bitch. <laughs> who's always side-eyeing me and making fun of the way I pronounce things. <laughs> That'd be my letter. (laughs) Love it. Please help.
0: It's a a letter about our relationship (laughs) specifically. Yeah,
1: and you have to read it, and you're like, who is this woman? I was like, I don't know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, Okay, so uh, super relate to this letter. Uh Uh-huh. And we are just going to try to—we do talk a lot about the idea of, like, accepting the love we think we deserve. Yep. um, About how much—you know, what people give us— And what we give them in return, the Mm -hmm. power imbalance is there. But we're just gonna try to talk about just what you said. Is like, how do people who give a lot learn how to receive a lot, or or Mm -hmm. ask for a lot in return, or whatever? Yep. Um, First thing I want to say is you started off by saying you're a recovering perfectionist, and I want to tell you that your love, your ultimate, like sacrifice their sacrificial love in which you give and give and give, that love is not perfect. (laughs) You can love somebody so well and buy them every present they've ever talked about and have everything ready for them. And your love is still imperfect. You are hardwired for failure and imperfection. Yeah. And that's okay. You're like a beautiful mess. And no matter how well you love someone isn't going to make up for their inadequacy Mm -hmm. and it's not going to make them love you more.
0: True. That's very true.
1: And I say that with such firmness is because that's what I deal with. I'm a two on the Enneagram, and I bet you every single uh, dollar in my $14 bank account (laughs) that you're a two, too, Sarah. Um, And if you look up the Enneagram and twos, all we want is to love people and be loved in return. But our weakness is we think that that big love is worth more than it is. We think that that big self-sacrificing love is the ultimate, purest, biggest form of love when that's not real love. Mm-hmm. Real love is when you are loved inherently. Yep. That that when somebody loves who you are as you are with nothing, with no gifts, with no action, I am just loved. I'm loved because of who I am, yep. not because of how I love other people. Mm-hmm. And accepting that is really hard. Yep. It's really terrifying. Like For sure. I like to tell people in lavish ways how much I love them because like filling the silence the silence being my fear that if I if I don't overlove them they won't love me back. Yeah. Yeah, scary. Yeah,
0: me. I mean I think that that is uh part of this is that sense of self-worth, right? I think that we often give too much of ourselves with others because we think that they won't love us unless we unless we are the best gift giver or the kindest person or whatever that looks like for you or give all of those acts of service, they're not going to love us because we're not worthy of that love without those things. Right. And I will say to you, um, Sarah, that, that I want you to turn this love... Inward, and I don't want you to just do it by acts of service. So I don't want it to just be you. You let yourself have a bubble bath, or you buy yourself a nice dinner every once in a while, right? I want those those like those treats to not be the center of your love for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Those are things that are great, and you should treat yourself when you need to. But I think that you might be confusing those acts of service with what actual love is. Right? And love is about is not about about sacrificing yourself. Love is about seeing the flaws, knowing that you are still worthy, um, and actually taking the time to sit down with the head and heart work and actually build up that feeling of self-worth so that you're ready to go out into the world. And I think a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us confuse self-care with self-love. And I think that they're very different things. Preach,
1: preach. Also, because I think about like, if you built up your love for yourself, then that would strengthen your boundaries when you go out. when When you're when you're well of resiliency inside you is full. When you're when you're mm-hmm. when you're well of self love. When you're thinking, okay, this is, um, I love myself. I accept myself. I see all sides of my messy reality, and I I think all of them are beautiful and worthwhile. Um, and I'm and I'm gonna take that same energy out into the terrifying battlefield of dating. Yep. And if I have that strong well of resilience inside me, then it's a lot easier to put up walls, to not overextend myself. Mm -hmm. And going back to Enneagram for a second, the the Enneagram twos are called the helpers, and the helper's downfall is pride, Mm -hmm. that they think— that because they love so well, people owe them the love in, in return, mm. right? Uh-huh. And I'm and I'm saying you deserve love. You absolutely deserve love. You deserve to find a partner. You everybody yeah. deserves that. But be, just be like sometimes us helpers, us nurturers, us mayors of giving towns. We give so much that it becomes. It's like nobody can love like us. We put mm-hmm. our, we isolate ourselves upon, upon this throne of love, yeah, right? Yep. That I love so well and nobody can reach me. Like what I wonder is, Sarah, are, are you setting a standard for love that is too high mm. to protect yourself? Yeah. You know, to keep yourself safe from the disappointments of life that are inevitably coming mm-hmm. or to be imperfect. Maybe love is letting someone see you imperfectly. Absolutely. Um. And I also want you to seriously sit down, like journal this. I want you to tell me what it would look like if people took care of you. Right. Because right now it sounds like you don't know how to let them take care of you. It's not just about dumpster fires. Although, let me tell you, girl, I am attracted to those like sponges of human beings too, (laughs) because I think, Oh my God, I can distract myself from all my own unhealed parts by working on them, by loving them. And I get a sense of self worth by how well I love other people. But that's not, that's not real. Mm -hmm. That's not real. Your sense of self, your love, your self worth is inherently within you. It has nothing to do with how well you love other people. Right. And I have often looked at other people as projects. Um, and totally subconsciously it's just like i feel drawn to i would rather unpack someone else's emotional baggage than deal with my own absolutely and that's what makes me a good caretaker or a good friend but that but that just puts cotton candy on my wound
0: right <laughs> the metaphor we're still going with yes <laughs> <laughs> um and i so i also don't want to this to come off as like we are criticizing you for being a giver. Or no, because we
1: are you and the givers are the best. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I've just got to say that.
0: Uh, as a type five, I would disagree with that. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: no, but we want you to keep giving. I think that the, the, your willingness to help people and support people is a wonderful, wonderful thing about you. But it the is thing your is, greatest gift. It is absolutely, you just and we need want to learn you to, how to harness it, right? And the issue is, is like, how much are you giving without asking for anything in return, right? And that's the issue. So, like, you give your boyfriend's concert tickets, right? You get to ask him to, to take, take you, you. <laughs> period, right? But the fact is, is that like the my worry for you is that I the the willingness to stand up for yourself, that appreciation for your self worth and self. And self esteem isn't there for you enough to be able to ask for that thing, right? And so instead, it's just like, here is everything that you would ever need, and I won't ask for a thing in return because I'm not worthy of asking for anything back,
1: right? And there's a safety in that. There is right to be like, because well, then oh my when it God, fails, I you can be like,
0: "Well, I gave him everything, and he right. was an asshole to me." <laughs>
1: totally, totally. And I mean, don't get me wrong; none of these people sound like they're they're no. actually worthy of this, but when it comes down to a healthy relationship, the key is boundaries again yeah. and again and again. In the um, Enneagram book that I suggested a couple episodes ago, uh, it, they say the the m- boundaries are the manifestation of your own maturity, mm-hmm. meaning when you understand your self-worth, when you understand who you are, what you deserve, then it no longer becomes painful to ask for what you want, mm-hmm. right? Like when you value yourself, just as much as someone else. And even more importantly, when you understand that your love has nothing to do with how self-sacrificing you are, Mm -hmm. like your value has nothing to do with how well you love others, but instead your inherent valuableness, your inherent lovableness, your inherent goodness, the stuff that comes because you are a human on this world, trying as we all are, that, that worth is there already instead of how well you love someone. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that, then you can say it's okay for me to need. It's okay mm-hmm. for me to want. It's okay for me to say no or not give. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I we're coming on hard, Sarah, but that's because you are us <laughs> <laughs> and I'm harder on no one more than myself. Oh
0: my god, same. <laughs>
1: right? Um, and and because and really, Sarah, it's because I, I'm this is what I'm dealing with right now in my life, is understanding that if I wanna have healthy Loving relationships in my life, then I need to buck the fuck up on my on my own understanding of myself mm-hmm. and check myself really that like over loving, over sacrificing, over giving isn't love. Like right. overextending yourself isn't love. Yep. Um, and that I I'm worthy as is right now. Um, yeah. Any last thoughts for the mayor of Giving Town?
0: No, I think we, we knocked it out of the park.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we went hard. Sarah, we love you. We believe in you. Um, And uh, I honestly like wish you a lot of love and comfort down this road because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to lean into those spaces of ourselves that we don't necessarily like. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you. Last letter is from when friendships fade who's writing to us from our good old hometown of Minneapolis. Ooh. Uh, when friendship fades, I'm going to paraphrase their letter for the sake of time. We've read a lot of long letters and um, their letter is really well written, um, but includes a lot of very good key points that I can just paraphrase to you right now, Sam. Okay. Which is um, that their love, their question is not necessarily love related or um, romantic related, but it has to do with friendships. And, um, and they say they write, I find myself dealing with a friend breakup and I don't know what it's bringing to the surface or how I'm handling it. Mm. Um, so this person has had a few romantic relationships. They make a point to share that they lost their virginity at 28. So that sort of tells us that the pace that they move when it comes to dating and love, <laughs> um, they're always a little bit scared to pursue love and dating. But they do foster a really large close friend circle. Sure. Um, but over uh, like during that during the time that they were close to this friend circle, they dealt they dealt with everything together, like divorces or pregnancy or major life transitions. Yep. Um, and they have this person has been there for their friends, but they've now gone through a major life transition themselves, like the pregnancies, divorces, things that they saw their friends through. Yeah, um, and they write that I quote find myself drifting awkwardly away from some of the people who were closest to me in my life, including my best friend of 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah, last year they started to pursue a huge career change and do freelance writing. And that meant moving back to home as a 29-year-old woman and do freelancing free, freelance writing, which I can tell you, Sam, is super high pressure, high, mm-hmm. s- high stakes, um, but super rewarding. And sh- this person feels like they don't, one, that isolates them more. Mm-hmm. But two, that they don't really feel like they are um, rewarded by their friends or supported. Um, like they don't really need the approval of their friends or family, but it would be nice to feel like they had the camaraderie. And add to that um, their, their best friend is kind of drifting away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say weird comments to her like so do you have a real job or do you just work at home? Um, and they don't really care if they get a like article accepted or things like that they're, they're just not being really supportive yeah and then and then it's starting to feel more and more like a breakup like especially with their best friend they'll like go on their facebook and be like and and comment like congrats on like a birth a happy birthday or something and not she's not getting anything back is what i'm trying to say yeah and Uh, I'll close by saying, quote, I guess my question is, how do you get over someone who is such a big part of your life, someone who genuinely cared and supported you, somebody, somebody you genuinely cared for and supported, but who just ditched you for who knows what reason? I haven't talked to my friends about this because I don't want to whine to them about, quote, why aren't you happy for me? Uh, I just don't know how I can get over the feeling of being betrayed and just focus on the good friendships that I still have. How do you break up with friends who have clearly checked out a long time ago? Mm. Yeah, and that is when friendships fade is writing to us. So I'm going to call them WFF.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. Uh, That's a a great letter. Great job on the paraphrasing. I feel like.
1: Oh, thanks. I know you're going to congratulate the. The the listener on their freelancing which I will I will do because I am a self-employed writer who who stays at home all day and writes or does projects like my Oh, is my that podcast. what you do? I
0: thought you just like sat on your couch eating bonbons. Go fuck
1: yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your couch that I sit on to do that yeah, usually. <laughs> um and I know what the pressure is. I know it's it's for those of you at home who don't are not self-employed, being self-employed is incredibly isolating. You are on a one-person island doing a one-person job that's meant for 30 people because I don't have a boss. I don't have people giving me a deadline. I don't have people giving me performance reviews. I don't have coworkers that I can bitch to. I don't have professional development opportunities. It's really isolating, and I have to play all of those roles for myself. So WFF, I feel for you. Um, And it's okay to want some encouragement because you're doing something really scary but really brave.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So,
0: yeah, congratulations on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um you're 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 being brave and and if you're not getting the affirmation that you need from your friends and family, um it's okay to ask for it. It's also okay to look for it in other places like podcasts. Like we are proud of you. <laughs> we're we're we think you're doing an awesome job. That's right. Have you ever had to break up with a friend?
0: I've had friendships like peter out before, but I've never had to actually sit someone down and be like we can't be friends anymore.
1: Did you feel like a sadness over that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that there um, is always sadness when there are people that you care about that are no longer really part of your life. And I think um, part of growing older is that friendships fade. Friendships change. Friendships are different than what you thought that they were going to be. Yes. Um, And I think that that is both disappointing and an opportunity for, for growth too. Um, an understanding of like what you were getting out of that friendship. And is it possible to give that to yourself or is it possible to seek that from somewhere else? Like um, I think it's definitely an opportunity to learn more about yourself as your friendships continue to change.
1: I do agree that it's kind of unfortunately part of life Um, or, or maybe like the positive version of that is to say, if you want somebody in your life and they do too, it's an active decision, especially Mm -hmm. into your adulthood, like, we had you and I had to make a commitment to to see each other and to spend time with each other at yep. one point or another. Yeah, um,
0: not anymore though, because you live across the street.
1: Yes, and I have a key to your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I watch you while you sleep. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, like- um, uh, I also want to add to the conversation the idea the permission to view these friendship breakups as real breakups, like mm-hmm. it is. I think we don't give give ourselves enough opportunities or permission to mourn things.
0: Yeah, we for sure get to mourn when friends break up with us or, or, or even when your friendships become different than right. what they were before. You can mourn, like, that. You can you can be mourn
1: like, when you don't get a job. You yeah. can mourn when you had a life vision for yourself that is... That is no longer the vision. You know, like, oh, my God, I thought I would be an archaeologist my whole life, and now I want to be a dentist. Like, you can mourn your archaeology dreams.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, uh, like, grief is real, and grief shows up in so many different ways outside of death and loss. And so I want to give you, WFF, permission right now to grieve this. It Mm -hmm. is—the feelings that you're writing about, like, your UGG that you write out, the UGG, I I just don't know how to deal with this, is real. It's because— First, you have to give yourself permission to grieve. Yep. You are losing or lost something. Absolutely. Things are different. And I'm gonna give you also I'm also gonna give you permission to treat this like a romantic relationship. And I'm gonna answer it as such. Mm -hmm. Like you guys had sort of a nonverbal agreement that you were friends, that this was part of life. Yep. And now they've drifted away. They they have they've kind of abandoned, they've ghosted you.
0: A little bit, yeah.
1: Right? And how do we deal with that? We, I don't know, we, we mourn. We, <laughs>
0: yeah, we do that in We key work. their
1: car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, no, 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 no. Not no. that. Definitely not. Um, yeah, it's it's just like any other relationship. I have had the friend breakup with somebody. Right. Somebody who, I think we've talked about this before, but I have deep sentimental connection to because of a couple really hard things we went through. We were friends for a really long time. We did professional things together, um, and they helped me out through. Like through my first abusive relationship, and and there came a time in which I, I grew and they grew in different directions, and mm-hmm. and I realized that their relationship was that we were acting under the guise of friendship, yep. And that 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 mask was allowing this person to treat me poorly was a lot. Like I was justifying a lot of negativity from both of us because I was like, oh, we're friends, right? When I would like never treat a friend or partner the way I was treated or being treated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think in the same way that friendships are relationships, you also can ask for what you need from people, right? Yeah. Part of it is open, trusting communication. So I don't think it's weird for you to approach your friends and say, listen, I've I've had a number of exciting things happen for me. And, um, you know, I'm feeling like, you all aren't really seeing that. Yes. And it's not it's not that you're not cuz I I know that you you are probably understanding or excited for me but I'm not feeling it. Is there a way that when I share something with you you can express some sort of excitement about it? Yeah. Is there a way that you can say congratulations good job so proud of you um you know would you be willing to take me out for a glass of wine to celebrate some of the things in my life? Um because that's going to make me feel so much more appreciated in this friendship. I
1: think you're totally right because it's it's about asking for what you want from your friends. Like, hey, can we do this? Like, mm-hmm. I think about something simple. Like, hey, I want to celebrate my birthday. Will you guys go out with me? Yep. Period. Not all friends are going to instantly take you out. Mm-hmm. Um, And justifying saying... Hey, I want to celebrate this thing. Will you guys come celebrate with me? Or, or yep. you know, like normalizing the celebration of yourself too. Yep. Because like I said about being self-employed or being a freelance writer, like you're not always gonna have a team to fall back on for reassurance. Right. Um and I and I just love that idea. And also thinking about uh, I had a couple of thoughts while you were talking, Sam, that one, if you ever came to me and you were like this like you're doing something that's hurting me or Mm -hmm. can you, I need something else from you. I would ball first of all (laughs) and be like, Oh my God, I would love to do that. I, I I would be, there would be a tender part of me that I felt like I couldn't love you well enough Mm -hmm. or that I hurt you, but I would be so eager that you gave me the opportunity to love you better. Mm -hmm. And WFF, if you go to your friends and ask them for what you need, And a lot of them are going to respond like that. Like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were feeling isolated. I didn't know you were feeling underappreciated. I didn't know you felt lonely or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you're feeling. And some of them might be like, oh, okay, sorry, girl. And then those are the people that you don't really want in your life. Yeah. And some
0: of them might be defensive, too. Right. To be honest, like some of them might be like.
1: I'm going through my own shit or whatever.
0: Yep, in which case you can be like, okay, that's not the person who's able or willing to give me what I need. Right. So let me focus on those who have really come forward and been like, yeah, I want to be here for you. Totally. I want to celebrate your successes. I'm sorry that you weren't feeling that. I have the
1: emotional space and capacity to celebrate you. Yep. You know, because sometimes we our our capacity fluctuates with what we're going through in our life. Absolutely. Um, I, what comes to mind is I have these affirmation cards that Mm -hmm. i'm going to do use as a blind date one day um but the affirmation card it like you pull every day it's like a different word and there's a cute little quippy thing on there about the word of the day or what you need that day and the other day i pulled the card um authenticity Mm -hmm. and to me I've, i've always struggled with authenticity i've always did what our listener Sarah does, which is over love or distract myself with other people or or whatever. So the idea of authenticity, I never—I was like, oh, you just have a well of authenticity, and then it's just like, you, whatever, cool, awesome, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's how I think of authentic people. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's me that's like, um, just let me love you. <laughs> uh, but the—what was interesting is the affirmation card that I pulled said— Whatever I need to feel, I'm going to feel it. Whatever needs to be said, I'm going to say it. And Mm. if people don't get it, they don't have to get it, but they know it because I said it. Mm. And all of a sudden I realized that authenticity isn't about originality. Authenticity is not about like knowing yourself the most. Authenticity is about boundaries Mm. and about saying like, oh, I'm going to give myself the permission to say this. Yeah. Or I'm going to give myself permission to want this or to say, you can't treat me this way or the yada, yada, yada. So that's what comes to mind is that you need to give yourself permission to be authentic, which is to say, I want to be celebrated. I want to be supported by the people I love. I want to um, feel like I have relationships that enrich me. And I'm going to say that to people. And if they get it, they don't have to get it, but they know it because you said it.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's true in relationships with friends. And it's also true in relationships with parents and siblings and uh, loved ones. Like that is basically what we are asking all of you to do is to ask for what you want Um and to make those things clear, and when you don't get them, to take the action that you need to in order to find it somewhere else.
1: Totally, because not to sound like too big of a hippie woo woo, but the universe is abundant with love, mm-hmm. and y- the amount of affirmation out there is—it's there. We just so often need to open our hearts to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I said, that really poorly. <laughs> But what I'm saying is the universe is abundant. Yep. Um there is a well of love within us. There's a well of of unlimited love into the in the universe. We just so often deny ourselves of that. Yep. Meaning we'll stay in relationships that make us unhappy. We will k- keep pursuing friendships with people who don't fulfill us, who don't um nurture us, who don't help us grow. Yep. Um and instead, we're just challenging all of you listeners to open your heart to those new possibilities to say, I want to grow. I want to love myself. I want to feel happy. Yep. And I'm going to make the active steps. I'm going to do the head and heart work to go get that love. Absolutely. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say, WFF, is that it, this hurts and it it's okay to hurt. Yep. You're not alone. It's okay to grieve. You you are losing something. But all great transitions have tension. And all great transitions lead to the opportunity to be new.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we believe in you. We do. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. Thank you. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with...
0: A book called Secular Meditation, 32 Practices for Cultivating Inner Peace, Compassion, and Joy by Rick Heller.
1: Rick Heller.
0: Yeah. so um, I have that book. Yeah. It's a great book. It
1: is a great book.
0: So this is a book. um, Rick Heller is part of the um, humanist community at Harvard. And so these are sort of guided meditations that you can go through that are great because they don't have the religious overtones that right. many different types of meditation have, right? So um, what they've done is they've gone through a lot of different meditations from many different cultures and sort of removed a lot of the um, religious parts of them right? and focused them really on sort of your understanding of yourself and the ways in which meditation can actually affect our brain chemistry to help us move through the world with more compassion and joy. Right, totally. Um, and... I've done a few of them and they've been really awesome and helpful. Um what I love is that he will, that he'll talk about some of the religious parts of it too so that you know that that's where it's coming from. So if that's your if that's your jam, you can incorporate some of those things into it, but for the most part it's really just about um, an understanding of the world as it exists our f- our faith in humanity
1: our connection to other people right
0: and not about any sort of um hippie woo deity whatever that is it is a um, little
1: because it's inherent it's meditation
0: yes but it is but like it's more
1: about just mindfulness
0: yes it's definitely not um it's not even about like i'm sending positive energy into the world because it's like there's Positive energy doesn't exist, right? right. <laughs> There's just like the way that you operate within the world, and the way exist. you
1: open your heart to the world, and your right. understanding of yourself and others.
0: Absolutely. So it's it's great for people like me who are like, I want to meditate because I don't want people like ringing gongs and like <laughs> like forcing me to say Namaste and all that stuff, uh. right? Like I just want to like do the practice of opening my heart, of expanding my mind, right, um, in a way that doesn't involve any sort of God and that kind of stuff, because. Right triggering for me
1: (laughs) right totally and uh, i i have the book and i enjoy it too even because meditation can be really intimidating to me yeah and um i love that they're they they tell you to just sit down like just like be comfortable yeah you can sit down lay down you can have your eyes open you can have your eyes closed like i what's intimidating for me other than like being alone with my own thoughts (laughs) is is that i could do something wrong And this book to me really tells you that there's no wrong way. And here are some guidelines to like take you down your journey into the subconscious. Yep. Cool. I love that. Um, Thank you so much for listening.
0: You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Pod.
1: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is where you can also find our merchandise if you want to have a block, block, block hat. Or if you want to support us on our Patreon, if you want to get an extra episode every week for just $5 a month, you can find that on our website or at Patreon.com backslash JustBreakUpPod.
0: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. For
1: real, (laughs) y'all. Like, for those of you who have been listening for a couple weeks or all 30 weeks, please, please, please go give us a review on iTunes. This helps us so much.
0: Absolutely. Um, And consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, this literally helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
1: Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If podcast. And remember, long story short, you survived. Whatever you went through, you made it here today. And we all know that you made it through some pretty terrible, pretty difficult circumstances. You made it through the wars that you waged in your own head. You made it through the times that felt impossible, the nights that felt endless, and through every hurtful thing that everyone has ever said to you. Look at everything you've been through. Look at all you've learned. Take stock of how much you grew and be proud of yourself. Take an active moment to acknowledge all you have been through and all you learned. And if all else fails,
0: just break up.